Welcome back to another episode of the Northeastern Data Initiative podcast. I'm Eric Weiss, and I'll be your host today. Today, I'm joined by Ethan Berg, the founder and CEO of Agora World. Before we dive into Agora and all your work there, could you introduce yourself and your journey leading up to its founding, Ethan? Yeah, for sure. Thank you again for having me today. Um, I guess a little about myself. I am a recent graduate of Temple University as of last May. I was born and raised in the Philadelphia area and have been there and remain there even to this day, even going to school at Temple in North Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, I've always been into technology. My, my parents, my brother uh, always brought home the newest stuff. Uh, we'd always, you know, we dive right into it uh, and utilize it on a regular basis, trying to just mess around and see how it works. So got me into where we are today with Agora. So can you tell us what is Agora and how did you arrive at its current you know, mission? Yeah, uh, so Agora, at, at, I guess as a whole, our mission is to transform the internet into a 3D social environment, or better yet, an immersive social environment. Um, the way we arrived at it is just by using the different technologies available. I mean, I've played video games my whole life, uh, so those are pretty immersive, extremely social. Uh, and, you know, ever since the VR headsets of starting to come out uh, with Oculus becoming more portable, um, you know, we found that it's getting increasingly more easy to use and access a lot of these different experiences. So we started building a virtual reality shopping application and uh, have since pivoted slightly to realizing that there are a lot more experiences that you want to do with other people than just shop. So we're, we're hoping our platform can help support you know, anything from events to, to purchasing things through retail, to even just traveling and, and experiencing things that, the way that you normally would with other people in person. Amazing. Could you talk a little bit more on that, the various use cases for Agora environments? You know, there, I would say that it's really what your imagination gets to. Uh, you know, we built it in a way that allows anyone to build on top of it. Uh, using SDKs, APIs that, that we're going to finish developing over the course of the next couple of months. But the goal is to allow anyone that has a vision of their own to utilize the technology, the, the frameworks, the platform that we've developed to give them an easier time developing their own. So right now we do events, uh, museums, art galleries are a really big thing. Uh, we're getting into shopping very soon. And we're also talking to real estate companies. Uh, we're talking to universities about campus tours maybe having some classrooms that are involved as well. So really the sky is the limit. And that's so important. I'm, I have a younger sister right now and the ability to go and tour a campus when you're not able to be there in person, especially after coronavirus and this whole lifestyle is over, it's you're still not gonna be able to fly out to every college that you want to apply to. So it's really important to get that experience. That's great. Yeah, and I, I would say on top of that, I mean, it's, it's extremely expensive for those that don't really have the resources. It just makes it much easier to be able to hop in, you know, the campus is in front of you. You're able to walk through it uh, in an immersive manner, the same as you normally would in person. And you'll see the other people that are touring it with you. There'll be a tour guide. There will be other students that are visiting at the same time as yourself. So even though you, you may be in your bedroom, I mean, um, and it works using your Mac and Windows computer. So it's, it's fully accessible. Um, and there's no reason that something like this wouldn't help bring the campus alive more than a traditional walkthrough 360 degree video on Google Maps. So you've talked about the social aspect as well as, you know, now the educational and hopefully a lot of other aspects as well. But would you want to touch on um, the importance for maybe the professional world, you know, events like that and, and now with the COVID lifestyle, you know, going back to work and that kind of area? 
Uh, yeah. Is there anywhere specific you want to touch on? Yeah, for sure. So I know, you know, it's one of those things where if you're in the office, let's say, it's really easy for you to, you know, be buddy, buddy with your boss, be closer. Um, the opportunities of promotion and things like that projects are much easier when you're always day to day with them. Do you think that this application could help bridge that gap for people that aren't accessible, maybe to the offices as much physically? I think that there are definitely ways our platform can help. Um, I, I would say that ours isn't primarily focused as a work collaboration application. It's more of, you know, you can collaborate and experience things with others from across the world. Yes, but when it comes to the specific tools to that you need to, you know, when you get up from your seat and you walk to the office or the, the you know, the water fountain the, to get a cup of water, whatever it is, like those small side conversations, is really where that's our bread and butter. Um, you know, using spatial audio, having the ability to go closer to someone and they're louder, further away in the virtual world and they're quieter, really can bring that side conversation, the fluid interactions, uh, a more natural interaction that's that's really missing from the online world back to life. But I will say that there are a ton of applications out there that are enhancing the ability to collaborate and work from home to a much larger extent than us. I mean. You know, there are companies like Spatial, I don't know if you've seen them, who use um, mixed reality VR and AR headsets. Truly remarkable, the kind of stuff that they're doing to put other people in your space using holograms and stuff. I mean, the, the technology that's coming out right now is truly, it, it's amazing. It's remarkable. Well, that's incredible. I, I couldn't imagine my coworker being a hologram. I, I want to ask you, as, as you know, I touched on it before, but as this lifestyle due to COVID, you know, subsides and hopefully the near future, um, where do you see Agora World being like most applicable? I think that it's going to be applicable in a lot of different ways. Um, I, at this moment, I think it's difficult to say where it's going to be. It's going to have the largest impact. But I, I my, my gut is definitely leaning a lot towards the retail side, purely because the foot traffic and in-person is, is down across the board uh, for almost all different retailers, except for the, the Walmart, the targets of the world, you know, they're, they're going to persist. Uh, given that a lot of the stuff is moving online. And when it comes to websites, you know, we found through conversations with web developers, through conversations with those that own websites and have them, there's really not much that can go into it to make it that unique. Um, you know, a lot of them are template-based. They all use Wix, Squarespace, or WordPress, whatever it is, you know, they all, unless you're a wizard at coding, you're not making anything that is that increasingly different than what others are able to. So because of that, I do think that our platform will help anyone that, any brand that needs a more immersive experience to have the ability to connect with their community and consumer base in a real-time fashion. I think that that's really where we're going to have the largest impact because online right now, there's, there's not it a ton of ways that you can have that real world interaction and experience with other people. There's Zoom, you can comment on each other's Instagram page, you know, you can shoot each other a text or email, play video games, but when it comes to real world experience, there's slim to none available. So because of that, we really wanna help bridge that gap between real world experiences and the way that we're experiencing it online to have a more efficient and a more enjoyable way to do things. Do you want to talk a little bit about your Diverse Tech Summit, your experience with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was our pilot event that we held uh, about, a, I guess, almost a month ago now, which is absolutely crazy how fast time is flying. Um, 
But we, we held that for an organization in Philadelphia called Trabaja. They held a, it was called Diversitech Summit. Um, it was fully focused on increasing diversity in the tech community, giving those that are usually overlooked uh, an opportunity to meet with companies, to learn skills, go to workshops. It was really a remarkable event. And our platform was specifically utilized for their expo hall, the, the career fair where companies have their own booth. You're able to walk up to the booth, see information about them, meet with the company. Um, you know, in ours, it was a fully 3D expo hall. We had a banquet area as well that was designed like a, a beach bar that you were able to go to, had a DJ that was playing music actually during the entire time as well. So you can go and dance and then kind of, you know, listen to music and explore with the other people that were there. But um, overall, we had about 250 attendees that were present. We had 20 exhibitors that showed up. And on average, uh, the people that were there spent about an hour and 40 minutes uh, talking to companies, engaging with other people and exploring the space as a whole. So, you know, they were within the space. As I said, you walk into the expo hall, you'll see the booths around you. And when you walk up to a booth, uh, sometimes there was a person from the company standing behind the booth who you could say hi to. And if you look around, there's other people talking to other people at different booths, um, you know, and you could even enter a private room with them if you'd like just to explore a smaller bar type scene to, to get a so-called drink or cocktail with the person you're talking to. Uh, just kind of bring it more to life, you know, in increase that level of interaction. Wow, that's a lot of engagement, truly. That is something to be proud of. Thank you. Of course. When you're talking about this summit, I want to kind of take a step back and think about how it would look in the real world. You know, we have a huge stadium or an event, an arena, whatever that you rent out. You have a bunch of people come through, a couple hundred people. But at the same time, you know, that's all you can really do. You're maxed capacity by your physical location. Could you touch a little bit about why Agora World does that, but at a better scale and at better efficiency? Yeah, and I mean, I will say that there's a physical event is is extremely valuable. I don't just because we're building a virtual platform doesn't mean I want to discount the fact that I enjoy the real world. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I've heard plenty of other founders building, you know, event platforms that that are going to look at you and say, "Oh, it's online events are way better than in person," and it's just not true. Um, you know, and we're we're not going to lie to you and say that. And I think that that's another thing that really makes uh, makes us different than the rest is that we're interested in applying the benefits of what you get in an in-person event into the online atmosphere because it's currently non-existent you lose a lot of that natural interaction the fluid interaction we've discussed before the ability to work a room is gone you know you stand there with your coffee you look around and you find the people you want to target and go to you know and it's um that whole experience is lost when it comes to the online atmosphere, I would say. So um, when it comes to our platform being so-called better than the real world, I would say that we have a larger geographical reach in that you, know, you can be anywhere in the world and you can access this platform. Same experience as you would get uh, as anybody else that's coming and visiting, uh, which is a huge plus for those that can't travel, can't afford it, et cetera, et cetera. On top of that, we have no fire code. Uh, so we can have unlimited people in there. Obviously, we've set our own so-called fire codes um, in what we're calling different shards, uh, just because obviously if you've got a thousand people crammed into a small room, 
no matter where you are, it's going to be very frustrating in terms of who you're hearing and all of that. So the technical difficulties with that has caused us to set our own fire code of sorts. Um, that isn't too different than the real world, but again, you can move in and out of shards. You can meet new people as you wish. Um, and hopefully we can make those harder so that you'll meet the people that you need to meet at these events. And I'm happy to hear that you're not trying to put on a virtual headset for the next, you know, 30, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for taking us through Agora. And um, I hope, you know, people will listen, kind of learn more as we go forward. But I wanted to touch on you specifically because we have a predominantly young audience here at Northeastern. So as a young entrepreneur in the digital space, especially, what challenges did you encounter, which you wish you were aware of earlier? And there's a lot. Yeah, I think that one of the largest issues that comes up, obviously, I mean, I started this while at school. So I would say first and foremost, number one issue is how do you balance your time? You know, between all the different things you want to do, whether that's you've got classes, whether that's, you know, while you're working, you've got 20 different responsibilities, especially as a startup. I mean, you're doing everything. There's, there's no limit to what you are doing. So you have an, a list that is literally, it will never end. Um, and I think balancing your time is, is one of the largest misconceptions. You'll never balance your time, uh, as unfortunate as it sounds. One day you'll have it right, the next day you spend too much time on this, so then the day following you spend more time on the other. You know, it, it's just kind of a, a game of remaining as close as possible to what you, what you think your balance is. So I think that that's probably one of the largest issues that I faced originally was understanding how to best spend my time most efficiently. And I think that that's, again, that's something that you learn just by experiencing and, and moving forward. From there, I would say that the barrier of who you know is another big thing. Um, you, you come to recognize that everyone you want to know or, or that you need to know is within reach. All, it's all within your circle. You know, you can go on LinkedIn and search who's within my third connection base. I mean, there's never been tech. Technology just makes things so much easier. So I definitely would say that if you want to tap into an industry or a company or whatever it might be, just ask, especially as a student, people love hearing from you. People love hearing the younger minds that are interested in what they're doing. You know, it's not often they get asked, you know, I'd love to hear more about the company that you're building. I'd love to hear more about what you do on a regular basis or ask, just ask them general questions of, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong about not knowing. Um, I think it's more about recognizing that you don't know and taking the steps needed to finally know. But you'll always have things you don't know. Um, so it's really just take those first steps to answer those questions. Um, take those first steps to meet the people that you want to meet because who you know is everything at the end of the day. You can know everything you want to know, but if you don't know the right people, you're not getting the position, unfortunately. So I, I would definitely focus a lot on who, who is within your circle in your network. Fantastic advice. Thanks, Ethan. I yeah. know that uh, hopefully those networks will grow via Gora Worlds as well. So uh, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> that's incredible. I always want to dive a little deeper into the personal side of things because I feel podcasts usually touch a bit more on the professional side. So I'd like to hear maybe throughout this whole process, uh, two sides of the coin, what's been a challenge that you've been encountering that you've kind of been working through, maybe take us through um, your ability to get through it and uh, your system for dealing with these. And then on the other side, what's been the most proud moment you've had so far, either as an entrepreneur or as a professional, a young person in the digital space 
I just love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'll start with the proud one because that one stands out easier. There's a lot of challenges, as I've said. <laughs> um, when it comes to the proud moment, it was by far the the Diverse Tech Summit or the uh, the art gallery that we held for um, from for prayers from LA uh, a couple weeks later. And the main reason behind that is having people on our platform using it for what we intended is just it is another level. Uh, you know, to to build it is awesome. To be in it yourself is another thing. But to see other people, you know, I, I jumped in to the to the career fair and I'm standing there and all around me, there's just people walking by, people having their own conversations. I walk into the expo hall and there's exhibitors talking to attendees, um, potential hires. And it's just the, the, the way that they brought it to life and really proved what we were doing, just nothing felt greater than that moment um, by far. I would say that when it comes to challenges, the challenge of changing people's behavior, human behavior, is a very difficult task. When it comes to the experiences that we're building, the younger generation knows, I mean, they played Fortnite, the Roblox, all of these video games. You know, I grew up playing them. We're used to these sort of experiences. The older generation, not as much. They're, they're much more hesitant. They're much more rigid with the way that they do things. They like doing it the way that they do it. So teaching people and getting them accustomed to a brand new way of experience and, and connection is a very difficult task to overcome. And I've been learning that obviously since we started, uh, you know, explaining it to people, you kind of get the words right. Once you get the words right, then it's okay. How do you do the training right? How do you get the experience to feel right? And even then you're always gonna have people who just doesn't feel right to. Um, so I, I would say that that's just an ongoing challenge in general is how do you really get people to change the way that they currently solve a problem to using your solution to solving their problem and their issue. And, and then on top of that, how do you make sure and, and you know, uh, I guess, validate the fact that our assumptions are correct, that our, our solution is truly solving a need and an actual problem that's existing. I, I think that those are ongoing challenges that no matter what you will be facing, even after you answer one, you'll have another assumption, another thing to validate, uh, another behavior to potentially um, uh, make better. And um, yeah, I would say that that's definitely the number one challenge. Very interesting to hear. I'm always appreciative of that question, of course, your answer. So Ethan Berg is the founder and CEO of Agora World. You can check them out at agoravr.world. Um, he's on LinkedIn as well, if you'd like to keep updated, as well as YouTube. Uh, definitely great informational content there. And thanks so much, Ethan, for your time. It's definitely been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate your time as well.